Hey everyone, we're so glad that you're joining us today at Elevation. Uh, we're really excited about what God is doing in our midst, even though we're all experiencing some really difficult challenges. Uh, it seems like, what, it's been seven or eight weeks. Uh, for some of us, maybe it's been longer that we've been maybe under these stay-at-home orders or, or perhaps that we're under quarantine. And I'm just telling you, it's getting challenging, isn't it? But here's the good news, that Jesus is still alive. And I've been my, doing my best as your pastor to preach through this crisis. And so if you've missed any of those uh, messages, you can always go back online and look at those. And last week, I talked about encouragement in a crisis. And uh, I don't know if you've heard that message, but I'll give you kind of the summary. Basically, what I said is that the Holy Spirit is our encouragement. And one of the things that I challenged all of us to do was to be an encouragement, to learn to tell others of your need for encouragement. And then the other is learning to encourage yourself. Now, here's the deal. I don't know if you did anything with that message last week. Perhaps you listened to it. Perhaps you heard it. Perhaps you digested it even. But you may have not done anything with it. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. Matter of fact, as I was preparing for this sermon, I, I walked into my study at home and I was ready to get to work on a sermon that isn't this sermon. Matter of fact, I was going to talk about relationships. I was going to talk about relationships because we all are having challenges in the midst of this crisis in our relationships. And that is what I was committed to do. But then in that moment, as I walked into the study, the Lord planted this seed in my mind. And I'm telling you, this word just started to rattle around in my head and I couldn't let go of it. And so here's the word that came to my heart. I'll just share it with you. You won't see it come to pass unless you give it. Get that. You won't see it come to pass unless you give it. Now, I don't know. At first, I was kind of like, what does that mean, God? What are you saying? And so I started to, to, to grapple with that and think about that and read the Bible and press into that thought. You won't see it come to pass unless you give it. Guys, I am thankful for divine interruptions because I believe this word is going to help you today. In the middle of your circumstance and situation, in the middle of this crisis, I believe God has a word for you, and we're going to unpack that phrase. You won't see it come to pass unless you give it. As I begin to digest that and dig a little deeper, really what I think the Lord was talking about is how important his principle of sowing and reaping really is. Sowing and reaping. And I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase or maybe that's a Christian kind of phrase to you, but it's really not. It's an agricultural phrase. It's the idea of planting seeds and watching harvest come from those seeds. And, and, and so sometimes what happens is we only see that in the context of giving money. Perhaps you've heard preachers talk about that. And it doesn't, it's not that it's not saying that. It's not that the Bible isn't indicating that, uh, but it's a much broader concept. In other words, here's what I'm trying to get at. Last week, I talked about encouragement, and I gave you three things to look at in the area of encouragement. And here's the question Did we plant any seeds from that sermon? 
Because see, what happens sometimes in our life is we want the harvest. Like we want to see encouragement rise in our life. We want to see things rise up, harvest come. But what happens sometimes is we don't sow any seed. And see, that's the problem. The Bible says it this way in James 1.22. I don't know if you've ever heard this. Is that you can hear the word and listen to it even, but do nothing with it. And the Bible talks about how, how is that any good for you or for me? And so sometimes what happens is we forget to do something with the principle. And that's what I think God was trying to help me see is that we aren't going to see certain things come to pass in our lives if we don't sow something, if we don't give something. And it's not just about money, even though it includes our finances. It's a principle that really transcends all of life. It's a principle that God established for our good, but we have to learn to apply it. Now, here's, here's the thing I want you to see. See, the Bible is a book of absolutes. Now, there are things in it that aren't necessarily, but, but in, in principle, there's all kinds of absolutes in the Bible. If you do this, then this will happen. And, and so the promises and principles of God are not contention or conditional based on our circumstance and our situations. They are conditional, they are conditional based on our obedience to them. Did you hear that? In other words, they're not contingent on our circumstance or situations. God's promises and principles are not contingent on the things going on around us, but they are conditional based on our obedience to do them. See, I don't know if you know that. I don't know if sometimes what we do is we just bank on the promises of God and the promises of God are always true. And yes, and amen for anybody that claims Jesus as their savior. But you have a part to play. There are things that you are invited into that God wants you to participate in. And that is where obedience comes in. So when we hear the word of God say to us, do something with it, we should do something with it. And so sometimes what happens is we hear a sermon on encouragement and we want to be encouraged. And what happens is we don't do anything with it. And we're wondering why the harvest never comes. And so what I want to talk about today is planting through a crisis, planting through a crisis. And, and, and so I wanted to read a few things to you out of the scripture just to establish some foundational principles. But you may or may not know that. But one of God's absolutes is that if you sow, you will reap. If you don't sow, you will never reap. I mean, it's a pretty simple concept, isn't it? And so I want to just show you in the scriptures what I'm talking about. If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Hear these words from Paul as he writes to the church. He says it this way. He says, don't be misled. God cannot be mocked. See, the justice of God is never going to be mocked. In other words, the integrity of God is never going to be mocked. The principles of God, the promises of God will never be mocked. And then this is what he says after establishing that. He says, you will always harvest what you plant. Did you hear that? You will always harvest what you plant. And so what's the point? We reap what we sow. See, that's what the scripture is trying to help us to see, that we reap what we sow. 
Now, you might be asking, well, what does this have to do with my situation? I mean, I'm struggling in this area. Maybe you're struggling in your finances. Maybe you're struggling in, in, in some uh, relational circumstance. And you're thinking, well, why? this has nothing to do with me. But I think it does. See, if we would zoom out a little bit and get the principle that the thing that we want to come to pass is not going to happen unless we give something to it, it starts to make sense. And matter of fact, the Bible gets very specific. It doesn't just keep with this general idea of sowing and reaping. It gets very specific. Let me read something to you in the first book of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 11. Guys, you've got to see this. This is so powerful. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. And I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds, listen to this, these seeds will then produce the kinds of plant and trees from which they came. Do you see it? I'll explain it. See, God is trying to help us to understand that from a particular seed comes a particular plant. Do you see that? And so, so for example, I have a pack of seeds here, and this is for some tiger's eye mix sunflowers. Come on, who doesn't want some of those in their yard? Tiger's eye sunflowers. And so you, 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 you know what these are. You know that they have seeds inside of them, and it's a sealed bag because you want to protect the seeds. And, and imagine, imagine if, if I planted these seeds, these uh, tiger eyes mixed sunflowers, and all of a sudden, tulips came up. That would be strange, wouldn't it? It wouldn't make any sense. Matter of fact, it would fly in the face of God's integrity. But see, what happens is when you plant these seeds, these plants are the things that come up. But think about this. Not just the principle of being very specific about the, the type of seeds that we're planting. Imagine if we never opened the bag. Imagine if I just took these seeds and I put them in the garden just like this. Can you imagine? Like if you walked up on someone's house and they were planting their seeds and, and you noticed that they were planting these little bags of seeds all over their garden, there's a good chance you would say, hey, you realize that if you don't take those seeds out and put them in the dirt, that something's not going to happen. Like, I mean, you get that. And see, that's the same principle that God is saying, is that what many of us do, we hear a sermon on encouragement, we hear a sermon on giving, we hear a, we hear a sermon on relationships, and we get the seed. And then what happens, though, is we take that seed and we put it in our pocket and we never plant it in the garden. And you know what the result is? No harvest. Do you, do you, do you get that today? It's so important that you understand this principle that, that when we reap, we sow. Every, everything reproduces from its own kind. We reap what we sow. Everything produces from its own kind. And so here's the bottom line. The seeds you plant always determine the harvest you reap. The seeds you plant always determine, always determine the harvest that you reap. It's so important you understand this foundational principle as we zoom out a little bit 
and try to figure out how to begin to unlock the harvest of a variety of things in our life. Because see, if we're ever going to reap that harvest, we have to learn to give it away. We have to learn to plant it. Let me, let me read something to you in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it, notice that word it, give and it, that which you have given will be given to you. It's important you see that. The it is that which you have given. Give and it, that which you have given, will be given given to you a good measure pressing down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap do you have that picture can you imagine like a big bag of seeds just being poured into your lap it's just that powerful idea and so so God is saying that as you give based on what you have given it will then be returned back to you listen to this for with the measure you use the Bible says it will be measured to you. That's a powerful verse about the overflowing harvest that God wants to bring into your life and to my life. And what he says at the very end of that is for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, one time I heard somebody ask Andy Stanley, who's a pastor in Georgia, this question. Because they were talking about giving. And they were actually talking about tithing and money. And, 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 and they asked this question. Should I tithe on my gross or my net? That was the question. And you know what Andy said? This is what he said. He says, well, do you want a net blessing or a gross blessing? I thought that was powerful. I thought that was a powerful idea. It's not that my standing before God is somehow affected. He's just simply saying that in this life, what kind of blessing do you want to receive? Because he's talking about here in Luke that by the measure I give, that is what then comes back to me. Do you see that, how, how powerful that is and how simple it is? And yet sometimes we make it so complicated. And in this context, we're talking about all kinds of items, but in, in an agrarian society, they're talking about seeds. But I also think it relates to everything else. This principle transcends. So in other words, if you want to see encouragement in your life, if you want to experience encouragement, you have to sow some encouragement. If, if you want to see gifts come into your life, financial gifts, you have to sow some financial blessing. Do you see it? I think even go down very specifically, if you want to see certain clothes come into your life, I think you have to sew some clothes. Do you see what I'm getting at? And I know that this kind of gets weird because we've seen people do really messed up things with this, but it doesn't take away the fact that God's principles are still true. Just because man screws it up, just because man does something wrong with it, doesn't mean it's not true. It doesn't mean that God's principles still aren't true that I will be measured. Look, look, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And so if you give apples, then apples will come to you. Isn't that crazy? I, I sometimes want to practice this. Like I just want to go around giving apples to people and to see if people start giving me apples. I, I know that's kind of childish and kind of funny, but I think God is trying to help us to see is that it's not just about reaping and sowing in the general but it's also about everything producing after its own kind. So important we see this. 
Now, as I talk about sowing and reaping, I want to pause just a moment and I want to speak to a couple of items because I've seen this get a little messed up and, and, and I want to just be clear. Sowing and reaping as a principle in the Bible is not karma. It's important you know that. Like sometimes we compare those two things and they're not the same because see in Hinduism where karma comes from, it actually is based on the idea of it reincarnation. Christians don't believe in reincarnation. We believe that when we die, we go to be with the father. That's it. Hindus believe that you can be reincarnated. So their karma idea is based in this reality that if I do good, sometimes in my next life or even in the life behind me, it's going to impact those things. See, those are very different things, even though sometimes we communicate or people even communicate some kind of Christian karma. But that's not what the Bible teaches. And so we want to reject that idea outright. Because the principle of sowing and reaping is very different because it's based on God's promises. It's based on God's principles. It's based on a God who loves us and wants a relationship with us and not some Hindu group of gods that could care less about us. And so it's so important you see that. The other thing is, is that bad things can still happen to good people because there's sin in the world. And so what happens sometimes is we think, well, if I sow and I reap, everything in my life is going to be good. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we will have challenges. We will have difficulties. Read Romans 8 and, and just process this idea. Because we have to understand that because sin exists in this world, these are the kinds of things that we're going to have to deal with. Matter of fact, I would put disease or viruses in this category. These are byproducts of sin, not necessarily one human sin, but human sin in general that has infected the world and can only be redeemed by the power of God through Jesus Christ. Now, here's the other principle I want you to get before we move on. And that is the righteousness of Jesus is imputed to me and is not based on anything that I do. Now, why is that important? Now, why is this important? Why is it that I bank on the righteousness of Jesus to make me good? Because what happens sometimes is that when we sow, we start to think that God owes us something. See, we start to sow to get God to love us. We start to give our talents to get God to love us. We start to give our money to get God to love us. We start to uh, be kind to someone in our relationships in order to get something from them. That is not what the Bible is teaching. So sowing and reaping is about a heart. Sowing and reaping is about our motivation. Sowing and reaping is about trusting the promises of God and recognizing that when I am secure in my relationship with Jesus because of what Jesus has done for me, I can then move out and sow and reap with all kinds of joy and excitement, never worrying about God's principle being true. See how cool that is? Imagine living that way, having that kind of experience of wholeness in your life. But see, what happens sometimes in a crisis that I've noticed, and perhaps you've noticed this yourself, or maybe you've noticed it in others, I've noticed it in myself a little bit, is that there are a few responses sometimes we have to a crisis. One is, is that some people stop, stop sowing altogether. Some people just stop sowing altogether in a crisis. We hunker down. We, we, we pull everything inside and we stop sowing seed. And all I want to say to you is I get why we do that. But if you're not 
giving it, it's not coming back. If you're not harvesting or if you're not sowing, you're never going to receive the harvest. And so in the middle of a crisis, the worst thing we can do is stop sowing. We've got to keep sowing. Now, some people start sowing, but they start sowing bad seed. <laughs> some of you right now are in your house and you just had an argument with your, your spouse or someone significant to you. Or maybe you just yelled at your kids. And, 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 and what's happening is you're sowing those seeds and, and, and it actually starts to compound. And we wonder why everything is going crazy around us. We are reaping a harvest based on the bad fruit or the bad seeds that we're sowing. We're getting bad fruit from bad seeds, if that makes sense to you. And so what I want to challenge you to Today is look at it, examine it, and don't blame it on somebody else. Recognize that the harvest you're getting is based on the sowing that you're doing. So important you see this. So, so, so I just have that simple question to ask you. What is it that you're doing right now? What kinds of seeds are you sowing? What kinds of things are you doing? And here's the challenging idea as I talk about planting through a crisis is that big struggles need bigger sowing, not less. Your big struggle needs bigger sowing, not less. And I'm not talking about bad seeds. I'm talking about good seeds. I'm talking about planting good seeds. And what's going to happen, the Bible promises, is that you will begin to reap a harvest that will overflow your cup. I don't know about you, but I need that in my life. And so big struggles need big sowing. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, look at this. Remember this, Paul says, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Did you see it? If we plant generously, we receive generous crops. See, big struggles need big sowing, not less. And the thing that I've noticed is that in the middle of this crisis, there are these things that I would just call the big three that people are really struggling with. I've looked at the forums, I've received feedback, I've talked to so many people, and these are the three areas that I see people struggling the most. And here's the principle. Remember, big struggles need big sowing, not less. So here's the first struggle that I see, the first big struggle that I see, and that's what I'll call the soul battlefield, the soul battlefield or the soul struggle. See, see, I say soul specifically because see the soul, your soul, my soul represents something. The Bible says the Bible says that it represents my mind. It represents my will and it also represents my emotions. And so I don't know about you, but those three things, my mind, my will, and my emotions have been a bit of a battlefield lately. I, I suspect they have been for you. And so I've been seeing that, and I suspect you have either been seeing it or experiencing it. And so I would suggest to you today that that is one of the big struggles that needs some big sowing. And so listen to this in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasure of an evil heart. Do you see the correlation he's drawing? What 
you say flows from what is in your heart. Now, that is one of the most convicting passages of Scripture that I've ever read. I, I don't know if you've even ever heard that passage. But what the Bible is saying is that if it's coming out of you, it's in you. You get that, right? Like if it's coming out of you, it's in you. And so if there are words coming out of your mouth, bad words, not, and I'm not even talking about cursing. I'm just talking about speaking curses over people. The kinds of words we throw at people when we're angry, we're hurt, we're, we're afraid. These words that come out of our mouth are coming from somewhere they're coming from something deep inside of us. The Bible says that they're coming from inside of us, not outside of us. And so what I want to encourage us to do is see that and begin to flood that struggle with more seed. Sow a bunch of seed into this area where you are struggling. So how can you, here's the question, how can you sow more good seed into your thoughts and your emotions? Because see, this principle of sowing and reaping has a whole new level when you think about this idea that perhaps you've heard about is garbage in, garbage out. Think about that for a second. In other words, if I'm sowing garbage, I'm gonna receive garbage. I don't know about you, but that really started to sit on me. And it made me think about what, what, am I, what am I sowing? What am I putting into my life? What are the kinds of things I'm putting into my mind? What are the kinds of things that I'm allowing to have access to my emotions? I mean, some of us are binge watching the news and it's killing you. Because all you can see is that. Now, I do want to encourage you. On Friday night, we had a great opportunity to be able to, to interview a local licensed therapist. And she's a friend of mine, but man, she's so insightful. And we did a whole interview dealing with a variety of these things that we struggle with in our mind. And I just want to encourage you to go back and watch that. Because I believe there's some gold for you in that area as you fight this battle in your mind. There's, a, there's also a couple of things I'd say to you. There are two books I'll recommend to you. Because I'm trying to get real practical. Because you've got to flood this big struggle with big seed. I mean, it's so important. And so here are two books. One is Acres of Diamonds, Acres of Diamonds by Pastor Jensen Franklin. And then the other is a classic by Joyce Meyer, and it's The Battlefield of the Mind. And I don't know if you've ever read that, but those are two books I'd recommend to you as you think about sowing bigger into your thought life. Because again, remember, when you sow, you will reap. When you sow big, you will reap big. That's what God promises. That's the harvest. And so that's the first big area that I see people struggling. Here's the second one. The second big struggle is what I will just call the relational battlefield. The relational battlefield. Uh, people are, are spending way more time with each other than they were before, and that creates tension. Matter of fact, I would say that people are feeling disconnected. They're not just feeling disconnected from the world in general. Many of you right now are feeling disconnected from your church, from your fellowship, maybe even from your family. 
And so in that disconnection and also in that overconnection, there's all kinds of tensions and, and, and things that can rise up in us, these struggles that we can have. And, and, and so the Bible understood this big struggle and started to communicate to us that we need relationships. Matter of fact, I heard a pastor say this the other day and it was so powerful. He was talking about that it's not just that, that we need relationships. It's not just that. It's that relationships are really like oxygen to us. They're like oxygen. And so they're the thing we breathe in. And so when you're only communicating with someone on the other side of a screen sometimes, it can really affect our psyche. It can really affect uh, the challenges we face. And, and the truth is, is we might just get angry and frustrated and we just sow all the bad seed we possibly can because of our frustration, which is Christian, Christianese for anger. Come on. And so, so what happens is we stop sowing good seed. And I just want to challenge you that this problem, this relational problem that you're having, perhaps you're struggling in your marriage right now. Perhaps you're struggling with someone in your family right now, a friendship. I don't know. But if that's what's going on, you have to see that a big struggle requires big sowing. You've got to start sowing big into some of these relationships. And at this point, you may be asking, well, how do I do that? So, how can you sow more good seed into your relationships right now? Now, in May, which we're in May right now, we are starting some new groups. And so I want to encourage you to jump in a group. Get in a group so that you can start to fellowship with people so that you're not just doing your own thing. The other thing is, is that, that what happens is in our relationships with our significant others or maybe our special person, we stop investing in them in the right way. We start investing bad seed. And what I want to challenge you to do is start investing differently. Start investing in that relationship Differently, start sowing some different seeds. You know, I've been so blessed. My wife and I are big proponents of marriage counseling. I don't know if you've ever been to marriage counseling, but if you haven't, it can be very helpful to you. And we have been so blessed by certain relationships where we, over the last couple of weeks, have been to meet. We've been able to meet with a, one of our marriage counselors online. And guys, let me just tell you, we met with her last week and she deposited some gold into our marriage that was so good. I mean, it was so good. It unlocked some things that we weren't seeing. I mean, it was so powerful. But see, you have to be able to sow some good seed to see the good harvest. And in the middle of big problems, you've got to sow a lot more seed to see the harvest that you want to see. And so I just want to encourage you, don't be afraid to do those kinds of things. Reach out. If you're struggling, tell somebody. Go and give an email to me or to someone at the church, and we will connect you with a marriage counselor that can help you right now. I, I just think it's better to go to marriage counseling than to get a divorce, don't you? And so I just want to encourage you, sow some big seed today. And then number three, number three, we're almost done. Number three is big struggle need big sowing, not less. Number three, the third big struggle is the financial battlefield. As we know, people are losing their jobs. Unemployment is skyrocketing. People are, are, are receiving less pay. And you know what I've discovered? Is that in the middle of a crisis, what we do is we stop sowing seed. We pull back 
and we stop sowing seed. And now here's the point. I'm not asking you for your money. That has nothing to do with this. What I'm asking you to do is see the principle. Because this principle not only relates to my soul, not only relates to my relationships, not only relates to my encouragement, it also relates to my finances. And I don't know about you, but when you're going through a crisis, I think that's the right time to get God in the middle of it. I think that's the right time to get God's blessings and God in the middle of your financial crisis, in the middle of your financial battlefield. I would rather go through that battlefield with God than without him. Well, I don't know about you, but I hope that's what you want. And, and so we have to see that one of the first things to go in a crisis financially is our giving. And again, let me bring you back to the point I started with. You won't see it come to pass unless you give it away. So powerful, so powerful. We have to remember that principle because as we fight our financial battles, as we go through this battlefield of this crisis, of this struggle, man, we've got to sow some seeds. And I want to get real specific here because I don't want any of you to feel guilt or shame about this. And so I want to read something to you out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 8. Listen to this. Starting in verse 8, I'm sorry, starting in verse 6 of chapter 9. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide, listen to this, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. That's up to you. You have to decide that. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Friends, there's no pressure here. All I'm trying to get you to do is see the principle that in the middle of big struggles, we got to sow big seeds, not less than watch this. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. He wants you to give with a smile on your face. And I'll say this to you. If you can't give with a smile on your face, then don't do it because see, it breaks the principle. God is looking for obedience to his principles, not reluctance. It's so important you see that. Then watch this. And God will give generously. Watch that. And God will generously provide all you need. Then, look at, look at this. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Isn't that cool? Isn't that amazing to think about that as we do what God tells us to sow and reap, as we, as we do it with a generous heart, as we do it with a joyful heart, not a reluctant heart, the Bible says that God will give us everything we need and we will have plenty left over to share. So powerful. And so big struggles need big sowing. And so how can I sow more good seeds into my finances right now? Now, I know that some of us have lost jobs and you're like, well, I don't have any income. I get it. And you can't give what you don't have. It's important you just relax in that. But I also believe you can still sow seed. There are ways that you can sow seed. And the ways that you can sow seed in this area is is that you can start to sow your time. 
You can start to sow your skills and talents. You can start to sow not just your treasure, but your testimony. Matter of fact, this week, I'm going to be sending out an email encouraging everybody to share a testimony about what God has been doing. Because the Bible says that we overcome the enemy. We overcome these viruses by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. And so we're going to start to celebrate what God is doing and start to give witness to the power of God. Because see, that's the fuel of our faith is when we see God moving and acting in our city and in our church and in the lives of people within it. So good, guys. I'm, I hope some of you are like hand clapping each other because I'm preaching really good right now. It's so weird to say that because nobody's clapping. <laughs> and so, listen, how can we sow more seed into our finances right now? I'll tell you this, I, I also recorded recently an interview with Ben about finances, and you can go back and look at that. But, but one of the things that I've seen is that in the middle of this downturn and the challenge, we have the ability to get our financial house in order. Some of us are way off the map right now. We've been spending more than we make. We're in debt up to our ears. And all I want to say to you is don't feel shame about that. Start sowing good seed. Pick a book up. Go to our website and look at the financial resources we have for you. Start working through that process and getting your financial house in order so that you can continue to be generous in this area. And for some of you, it's very simple. Keep tithing. If you're not tithing, start tithing. Start sowing seed and watch God bring a harvest into your life. Whew. Guys, there's lots here today. Big struggles need big sowing. We need it in our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions. We need it in our relationships. We need it in our finances. But, but, but I want to land here today. And that is that I need to start sowing some seeds, if I haven't, into my relationship with God. I don't know if you're doing that. I don't know if you've been sowing big seed into your relationship with God. And the thing I want to talk to you about for just a moment is how important that is. Because quite frankly, everything I said, it no longer matters if that one isn't right. Because see, Jesus came for a relationship with you. He didn't come because he needed something from you. He came to give you everything that you needed. And what you and I needed is a relationship with him. And so I want to talk to you just for a moment about how much time you're spending sowing into that relationship with Jesus. Perhaps this message has caused you to think, man, I really need to give some more time to that relationship. And you're going to start taking some steps to do that, maybe reading your Bible, praying, you know, getting into a small group. But some of you today, as I talk about that, would have to be honest and say, you know what? I really don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've gone to church, I've done the thing, but I don't have a personal relationship. And so what I want to ask you to do today is take your first step of sowing some seeds into that relationship by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. The Bible says that, that Jesus came into this world as a baby, grew into a man, went to a cross, died a brutal death, so that the great exchange might happen. 
that we might trade our sin for his righteousness and that Jesus would come in and begin to change your very existence. He would give you salvation. He would begin to transform you from the inside out and all the promises of God would be, become realized in your life. I mean, how powerful is that? It's such a beautiful exchange. And all I'm asking you to do today is sow your faith into that relationship. Because see, the Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he'll come in and that he'll begin to do these things. And so why don't you go ahead and sow that seed today? I wanna to pray with you. And, and, uh, and so if that's you, uh, I'd love for you to repeat this prayer with me. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the fact that your principles and promises are true. God, I pray right now that this principle of salvation would get realized into some people's lives today. And so if you're here and that's your prayer, that that's where you wanna start, just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I can't save myself. I can't clean myself up. I can't forgive myself, but I know you can. And so I put my trust, I put my hope, I put my faith, I sow a seed today into that relationship so that I might be saved, transformed, and spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, we are so proud of you. If you made a decision today, we want to be able to come alongside you in that. And so anywhere that you're watching, if there's a comment section, go ahead and comment in that area and say, hey, I gave my life to God. I, I sowed a seed into that relationship. And what we want to do is be able to send you some information. And so the people that are hosting our online events would love to connect with you and help you take your next steps. We also want to just encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, make sure you make that connection because we want to sow that word, the word of God into your life. We would love to be able to do that. We're so proud of you for making that decision today. Now, I do want to just talk to you a moment about giving. Uh, so grateful for so many of you who are giving faithfully to the church, not just financial, but your resources, your, your time, your talents, your testimony. I am so proud of you, church. Thank you for honoring God with your giving. And I just want to encourage you today, if, if you would like to give, you can do that by texting Elevation FM Give to 77977. I want to pray for our offering today as we receive it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, we return to you what is rightfully yours. We sow as much seed as we possibly can that we might receive a harvest in this church, in this city, and in our world so that we can continue to do all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.